You can never compare two stories. Everybody has one. You might think I don't have one. You do. Let's face it, we all know the importance of a good, balanced nutrition diet, but the truth is it can get really challenging to get all the nutrients you need every single day when you're running a very busy lifestyle or even running your own business. And if you're anything like me, you probably don't want to resort to a multivitamin pill that is filled with chemicals, binders and artificial ingredients. This is why I'm so glad that I found Vivo Life's Thrive. It's a revolutionary health supplement that has all the power of a multivitamin, but that is made with 100% plant-based in natural ingredients that you can actually pronounce and actually recognize. Things like kale, turmeric, baobab, or even spinach. It's been backed by over 50 independent studies and was actually formulated by a nutritionist. That's why each scoop holds the antioxidant equivalent of 10 servings of fruit and vegetables, along with 15 essential minerals and vitamins, including B12, vitamin D, and zinc. The truth is you just never know what your day is gonna be like. That's why I just make it really easy and simple for myself. I add a scoop in either some water, my shakes, or my tea. It's delicious, it's nutritious, and it gets me focused for the rest of the day, and my energy levels have never been better. And here's the best part in it all. Viva Life are so confident in the quality of the product that they've took over five years to design that if you're not satisfied after 30 days, they'll give you a full refund, no questions asked, and you can even keep the product. If you want to try Thrive for yourself, you can go over to www.vivolife.co.uk and use the promo code MARK to get 10% off your first order. Podcasting is one of the most effective ways to grow your business, build an audience, and give your brand a voice. But the idea of launching can frankly feel a little daunting. What kind of gear or software should you use? What if you don't like the sound of your own voice? How to get great guests to come on the show? And how do you get people to actually listen once you've published your podcast? Well, you could go and find out on your own through trial and error, and that might take you forever. Or you could save yourself a ton of time and a ton of money by grabbing a spot on my brand new online video course, how to go from naught to launch that you can take from the comfort of your own home. That's right, I've made the process of launching a successful podcast from scratch super easy. So if you're ready and you wanna stop wasting time, head over to theunconventionalist.com, click on online courses and grab yourself a seat and use the discount code PODCASTTRIBE to get 20% off the entire program. I can't wait to see you in there, but more importantly, I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Unconventionalist Podcast. I'm your host, Mark LaRousse, and this is the show about what it's really like to turn your message into a movement. I'm really excited about today's guest coming on the show. We're going to be talking about how to get more emotions in the workplace, how we can actually bring our full selves to work. And if you've been following the show for a while, you know that that's what we're all about. I am, of course, talking about Guillaume Power, who is the founder and CEO of TLC Lions, and also another amazing business around how to actually connect uh, through the power of meditation and creating space around you. We're going to dive into that. And as always, if you're looking at this on YouTube and enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to subscribe and share with a friend. And if you're listening to this over on iTunes, leave a rating and review. It does help a ton. And if you do anything, do this. Share this episode with one friend because this can truly change their worlds. Gian, welcome to the show, my friend. Hello. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Sorry about this morning, kind of like uh, back and forth oh, a little bit worry. late. All good, running mm. around. I've been to Camden for ages. Yeah, so it's nice to be welcome here. back. Yeah. Welcome back. Did you go to the gym this morning? <laughs> I did. Five a.m. wake up. Did, oh gosh. Yeah, I know. Are you I, one of those? I'm one of those. It doesn't happen every day though. But made it to the gym. Yeah. Free workout. Yeah. Yeah. Buzz. Buzzing. Yeah. Absolutely buzzing. <laughs> Team hate it. So I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. So where are you based then? Uh, we're in Islington in Angel. Yeah. Oh, of course, because we did the same accelerator. The um. Yeah. That's exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So NatWest have been incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And what we've yeah. done, and but based there, but a lot in the city as okay. well. Okay. Most of our clients cool. are there. So. Is Alex still there? 
She is. She is. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. Straight to the point, which yeah. is what I need more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no is she your, is she your, I don't really call the mentor. I don't know what the point No, she's not. It's another chap called Piers. Okay. But she, we've got a session with her tomorrow, actually, okay. one-to-one. Well, tell she's, her hi for me. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Yeah, yeah. She's she fantastic. Was, she was cool. It was, it was, yeah. it was, see, I told you, I was one of the first cohorts when they just opened up in London. Ah. So this was, it was two years ago because yeah. it was when my daughter, just before the summer before my daughter was born, so it was definitely mm. two years ago. It's brilliant. Cool. Yeah. yeah, how's the experience? You still in the same same building, same yes, floor? Yeah. yeah, right next to Angel Tube Station. Yeah, you've got it. Yeah. And we just extended for another six months. So oh, cool! It's just great because like, you have like so many advisors, but they're just yeah. these guys are just so down to earth. They yeah. get it. They get the journey, cool. the struggles, and yeah. yeah, love it. Good environment. Yeah, yeah. And and is it still the same principle? Like, do you do you, did you go in for like the twelve? Was it twelve weeks? So no, I joined for six months. Okay. Yeah, six Straight months up. in total, and then they've just extended it for another okay. six. Cool. Which is you, awesome. Yeah, you yeah. still get the space, get some advice. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. our permanent desks, coaching, yeah. all that cool, stuff. Man. I'm not there a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the team are. Yeah, so, yeah. Like it's nice. To That's have a awesome. Base. Yeah, really like. Cool, it. man. I'm excited to get in the story. I'm excited yeah. to get in your story. I think it's it's you know it's a pretty unique and and an extraordinary story. And yet, what I love about your story, like I love so many of our our guests, and I know that you know a couple of the guests mm. that have come up. Um. Kiko and, and Johnny, shout out to them. Uh, <laughs> is that actually the story enabled you to create this new path for yourself and for others? And, mm. and actually, how can you turn pain into your purpose? And, and it's a really compelling one. And, and, I, and I want to take us back to, um, if, if I may, back in May 2015. Mm. I think that for many people, as you often talk about, you know, 8th of May 2015, the general elections for a lot of people. Mm. But for you, it was a very different story. It was. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, I joined PwC nine months prior, mm-hmm. kind of gone down the corporate route and life was good. I was so yeah. happy. Because you did well at university. I looked at, I looked at your resume oh and you, you graduated <laughs> in the top 5% graduates of university and you got a mm. lifetime better gamut, whatever that, <laughs> I don't know what it means. Whatever the hell that is. I know, you leave and you're like, what does it even matter? No, I did. I was, yeah. But that's it. It was all links yeah. in really because I left uni I always wanted to be number one in my year across yeah. all the languages that we did and went to PwC just so performance driven yeah. and then focused on my results and then May 2015 came around and I guess it was so it was the day before the election yeah. uh, I grew up my dad um, entrepreneur by background yeah. um, Indian my mum mm-hmm. white British mm-hmm. very soft natured how did they meet? <laughs> they met up in County Durham. Yeah. My mum is from there, okay. and my dad was doing a bit of a road trip with his mates at the age of seventeen. <laughs> Sees my mum in the shop yeah. um, and ask her ask her a question if she knew where something was. Um, she obviously answered and brushed him off. Yeah, and then he it sounds a bit weird in this day and age, but he followed her in the car, <laughs> pulled up, and said, "Can I take you yeah. for a drink?" Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. And then they met at the age of kind of sixteen, seventeen. That's awesome. So dude. yeah, and sadly, had you and your sister, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Emma's three years older than me. Okay. We're super close. Cool, man. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. So then, so you grew up with that. Your dad being an entrepreneur. Yeah. You saw him like running his own kind of business. He was in different kind of businesses. This yeah. is it. So dad kind of, both my parents came from humble beginnings yeah. and really kind of, I suppose, nurture was so important. They looked after us at home and yeah. really dad instilled this go-getting nature into me to whatever you want, you can achieve it. And I okay. saw him kind of growing businesses. Then he went into the property space, then hotels, yeah. then yeah. in Dubai. Yeah. So I guess the sky was the limit type thing. And my mum always brought me down to earth, which is great. She still does. Get good grades. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might just need to fall back of a degree. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Yeah. So um, I sat with dad and actually I'd set up my first business when I was a bit younger, when I was 13, actually. And dad knew that I loved that side of things. What was the business? Um, so <laughs> it's not that exciting, but it's in DVD manufacturing okay. uh, in the northeast of England. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> and after about two years, the niche died out. Uh, but you know what? We made money yeah. in month three and it was great. Anyway, yeah. it's another story. Do you remember Discman? I don't know what year you were born. Do you remember the Discman? Do you remember that? No. It was like the little, how, how old are you? 27. Oh, yeah. So you that. definitely don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before you age, there was a thing called um, a Discman, which was supposed to be the revolutionary. Next thing after like, CDs like was it the, small yeah it was I do it, remember it, it was didn't like take so off, no it did not it only lasted like I'm so glad yeah. you didn't manufacture those because that would no, have been no, no, no. yeah disaster <laughs> so DVD for like two years do that yeah well I just, in short just yeah. to explain what the yeah. hell I was doing there was that in the northeast if people wanted DVDs copying you could only get a thousand done at a time back okay. then and I was going to a theater with my English class and they wanted a hundred done 200 done and mm. I thought god you can't get it done you can't sell them yeah so I found the machine, got a loan from the school for £900. And then, yeah, I just started churning them out. Got free publicity as a 13-year-old. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then two years in, my parents said, right, Kian, can you focus on your GCSEs? Uh, <laughs> and the niche was dying out. My mum's yeah. kitchen's covered in DVDs yeah. and machines, and yeah. she was happy. Um, 
So, yeah, I did. Went off kind of to uni and everything. Yeah. But then spent a year at Deutsche Bank as part of my uni degree. Mm. Came in back. Germany, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's in there at HQ in Frankfurt. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, went there, but then came back and I knew that at that time I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I came up with a new business idea. Mm-hmm. I was interviewing in the city and banks and... In the end, I joined PwC, okay. uh, sat down with dad. We went through all the different options. And I thought, hey, I went into financial restructuring. I know that sounds boring, but it's actually, it's really interesting. You're working with companies going under. Okay. And it's kind of why have they gone under? What's their cash flow issues? And I thought, if I can learn a bit of that, surely mm. it'll put me in good stead for my own company okay. one day. If I can know why people go under, I can try and make sure I avoid uh, those. And, exactly. Okay. And there were some great lessons that I've learned there. Yeah. You know, you soon realize it's you're dealing with billion dollar companies. And it's very, very different to your little startup when you start. <laughs> but hey, okay. you try and take some lessons. Yeah, yeah. Um, and become so, an accountant. So, on so I had a question looking back. So yeah. what is it that you think made you achieve so much at university? Like, was there... Do you just think, because, you know, obviously there's like genetics and, and smarts and that kind of stuff, but did you think there was also a drive that was installed to you at some point? And if so, when was that? Question, because actually Sunday I was with my old teacher. Yeah. I haven't seen her in 16 years. I was like, what was I like at school? She was telling me bits and bobs yeah. about that. And we were talking about what I think it is. I do yeah. think it comes down to grit. Okay. Like, I've always had this determination to be the best at what I can be. Mm-hmm. Whatever I'm going to do, if I'm going to put my time into it, I want to be the best. Mm-hmm. I want to make a difference. Uh, I do partly say no. A huge thanks to my dad for that. Mm-hmm. You know, he just yeah. My parents never really complained about anything. You just get on with it. You mm. just make a difference. And I think growing up, that kind of came from a young age. My mum would always make me do my homework first, and she'd okay. make me be the best at what I was doing. If I was doing numbers, I had to be the quickest. If I was okay. doing spelling, I had to be the fastest. Yeah. Whatever it was, yeah. and that kind of continued to GCSEs, yeah. wanting to be in the top. Um, and yeah, carried through. I guess to to PwC. Yeah. Um, and that kind of brings back to where we were, yeah. which so was... that's a graduate scheme, right? Did you join yeah, as a graduate scheme? Okay, I did, I did. Yeah. Um, so I joined there and there was only one person each year who could get a top rating. Okay. And I used to say to my manager, and Jason is a great guy, like, tell me what I've got to do to get to that. Get it, yeah. And I'll do it. Because yeah. at the end of the year, you can't say anything if you don't give me that grade. Yeah. Right? Because I'm yeah. telling you I'll do it. Yeah. And he was like, Christ, why do I have to get you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got what you... Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. If, it didn't, if he didn't give me it, it was like so scared I remember of giving me that feedback. Yeah. I was like, you what? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, awesome chat. But joined there. Anyway, back to where we were yeah. in May. Normal day working in the city. And my dad called me. He said, hey, kids, to me and my sister, I've got to go to India for work. Mm-hmm. Thought nothing of it. I was like, okay, quite that. Because this minute. was usual, right? He used yeah, to travel quite a bit, especially so between normal. Dubai and London. He used to travel. Exactly. Yeah. Thought nothing of it. And we spoke from the airport that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and dad got on the flight. Mm. Do you remember what you talked about? I do. It's quite yeah. personal. Okay. Um, something. Yeah, but yeah, I do. I remember yeah. our last okay. conversation, our last text yeah. message as well. And it's quite a deep one, actually. Mm. And, you know, we're both, I suppose, quite active when it came to politics. And, okay. you know, we talk a lot. And okay. I said, Dad, I'll text you when yeah. the results come in tomorrow. Oh, yeah, of course, because it was that. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is right, it. Right, yeah, okay. So I went to bed that evening and woke up. It was the results and didn't hear from him. Mm. The weekend I was in the office um, studying and I remember where I was sat, didn't hear from him, didn't hear. Mm. But I guess when a loved one's overseas, you kind of, you don't think too much of it, time difference and all of that. Then Monday came and somebody called me very close to dad and Mm. they said, have you heard from him? I said, no. And they said, look, neither have we. Mm. And I thought, this is not like him. This is four days now, what is going on? Mm. To speak to my sister, I start calling hotels, calling people in Mm. India who I knew. Um, nobody being helpful at all. Mm. All we did is hope, pray, whatever it is that you do, that dad was going to come back on the Wednesday flight. Mm-hmm. Went to bed that night. I remember waking up at 4 a.m., spoke to the airline, and they said, look, sorry to confirm your dad hasn't got on the airplane. Okay. And at that moment, kind of everything as I knew it just started changing dramatically. Mm. My dad was declared missing internationally. Mm. Um, he was a missing person. And over the following three weeks, my sister and I then, um, we did interview after interview, meetings, dealing with the government, the police, solicitors, anybody to try and get some support Mm. to try and find my dad. I was putting up rewards Mm. of money that I didn't have in the hope that he'd come back. And uh, it just wasn't a very safe time as well. It's quite an interesting Mm. uh, feeling. Three weeks later, I got a call from BBC Worldwide. Mm-hmm. We'd done every interview imaginable, and they called me, and they said, look, um, we want to put this around the world and help you find your dad. Okay. And it was the best bit of hope. And yeah. honestly, my sister and I don't share this a lot or mm. ever. 
we used to have to laugh ourselves to sleep every night mm. throughout those three weeks because it was the only way we could keep on going. Of course. And that night we came from the Midlands down to London, about to go in the BBC the next morning. Mm. The driver was coming at 7am and we woke up because the phone was ringing. We said mm -hmm. to Emma, answer it. She did. It was an Indian number. Mm -hmm. And it was a news reporter. A family member was there. It's live on the radio. And they said, are you the children of Ranjit Singh mm -hmm. Power? We said, yes, why? And they just said, um, do you know that your dad's been murdered and his body's been found? Wow. And, I mean, I still remember just my sister screaming. Of course. That morning. And I just was pretty silent and just grabbed my mm. sister. And... More so, I just knew that everything had changed. Like, mm. not only my dad, but he's like my mentor, my role model. He's taught me so, so much. Yeah. And also from an Asian family, a huge weight fell on me yeah. to step up and lead. Of course. Because up until there, there was still no confirmation of what had happened. There was still hope that he might have yeah. disappeared. He might be somewhere. Something might have happened, but there's still hope. Exactly. You yeah. just hope. Is he kidnapped? Is he here? That yeah. all yeah. shit flies through your head. Pardon my French. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you can swear on the show. Where there's pain, there's swearing. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, so after that, I took three months out of work uh, to lead the investigation. Still yeah. lead it today. So, so, um, so sorry, so you had to go and do the BBC interview? Did you still I go? I didn't ahead? go. Okay, I was about to say. I raced back to the yeah, Midlands. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But to be honest, there was no mourning yeah. for me. It was just straight. I had to get to the bottom of this murder. Of yeah, and yeah, it's been an interesting journey. My mm. emotions and managing things mm. uh, took three months out of work. PwC, huge shout out to them because they're so supportive. Yeah. And when you have a workplace who's like a second family and cares about yeah. you, like, God, it makes the whole yeah. difference. Because you hadn't been there that long. I hadn't. Right? Like it wasn't like if you had 10 years behind you, you were like a young graduate, you'd been there, what, nine months? Something exactly. Like that, and they took good care of you, yeah. Weirdly, I remember I went back into work two days after I found out wow. for training. I remember putting my suit on and just thought, I'm going in there. People thought I was mm. mad. Uh, but, you know, when things hit, curveballs, as I call them today, mm. um, sometimes normality is all you want. Mm. You know, putting your book, I used to study again. I kept studying by night. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it was a right journey after that uh, to where we are today. Sure. Um, fighting in courts, legal battles, standing up at the age of 23 to self-represent. Dealing yeah. with two jurisdictions. Because you were in the home office or something like that. I read somewhere like you find yourself <laughs> in the home office trying to... Yeah, and if I'm honest and I, yeah. I speak out about yeah, yeah. this, I was not given the support. Yeah. And now I do everything I can that if anybody is listening to this yeah. and has a loved one missing abroad or murdered overseas, one, do feel free to get in touch. Yeah. Um, you need to take this into your own hands. And I mean that by uh, being practical and yeah. don't just expect that everything in this country will be done for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that must have been hard because you must, you must, obviously, there's, I can't even imagine what a 20 something year old mm -hmm. is going through the emotion, especially the relationship with your dad. Plus now you're feeling like there may not be the support that's expected. As you see in the movies, you know, when you see in films, it's like mm. everybody starts moving around. Actually, that doesn't really happen. No. So where do you, how do you start? Like, where do you go from there? Like, how do you go from that conversation? Of like, okay, now I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Cause I'm, I'm guessing you're trying to then get your dad back or trying to find your dad in some way. Exactly. So again, I don't always share this, but it took months because <laughs> You know, if anybody's listening, I hope, you know, it doesn't affect yeah. anybody too much. But the body was found. DNA testing was done. I didn't go to India for my own safety. I didn't speak the language. It didn't okay. make much sense. I stayed here. Um, and after two months of DNA testing, bone extraction, all this stuff that wasn't even in my vocabulary, yeah. we repatriated my dad back here to have a funeral to say okay. a formal goodbye. This is now pushing into August. Okay. And I'll never forget because a week before funeral mm -hmm. that we planned and everything was planned mm. uh the police called me and they said can we come and see you and i thought what what on earth you need to talk to me now the body had arrived into heathrow and they sat me down and they just said i'm so sorry but the body that's come to heathrow it's not your father and it's somebody else so then I just was like god it was like being kicked when you're down yeah. and i'll never let anything stop me i'll keep on going okay but yeah, it was a bit of a blow. I had to make sure that this person had the funeral they deserved. I didn't know who it was, an sure. Indian national. Sure. And I guess I've had to go on. I've learned I'm never going to have my dad's body. Yeah. Um, which has been an interesting yeah. journey on the side, personally. Yeah, I can imagine. Plus, I want to thank you for your courage to share your story. Because I know that that's one part of the, your mission in life is to believe that everyone has a story to share. And if we had the space to be heard mm. and share it, we could feel a little bit more in touch with who we are. 
So I want to thank you for that because yeah, I think thanks. it takes great courage and leadership. And and so you're you're then so you, this is now 2015, right? So this is three years. Am I good at math? I'm crap at math. Four years, <laughs> yeah, four years yeah. down the line. Yeah, four years down the line. And so you you go back and you try and and live. I want to say quote unquote normal life, while still juggling this investigation and this this pursuit of to the truth to get to the bottom of it. How are you finding yourself to showing up at work? Because I know that you're, we're both on the same journey about trying to bring your full self to work. How hard was that to kind of show up at work, trying, especially what you're doing, right? This mm-hmm. kind of complicated, I guess, kind of work, while also doing this extremely complicated task outside of it. It was interesting. And I think what it came down to was who my manager was at the time mm. on the project I'm working on, because quite often it's not a company. You know, people join and leave organizations because of their direct mm-hmm. manager, which yeah. I think has a huge impact. Yes, yeah, so you do not quit your company, you quit managers. Yeah, yeah, so true. And I'm very fortunate, you know, Isabel Gross, Jason Higgs, they're both directors at PwC, mm-hmm. incredible individuals with great self-awareness and awareness for others. And they're both different, right? One was an extrovert, one was an introvert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it. so absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, two of my close friends today, but... They noticed signs. They spoke to me. But more than anything, I suppose, Mark, it was my first week back. um, I went back. I got that news. And a day later, was in the news. A colleague of mine who I joined with ended his life by suicide off the building. Mm. As a 23-year-old graduate, as we all were, it was such a hit for me. Like, you know, I wasn't there when it exactly happened. But I just remember, like, seeing the cordoned off area. And my mind started wandering. And I thought, I've got... I'm not going down this path. Mm. Like I need to speak to somebody. Mm. And these leaders used to just give you a hug, go for a five minute walk, chat, go near the river where Mm. we were in London Bridge. And I just realized, you know, Johnny says this a lot as well. You know, you've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself before Mm. you put it on other people. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'm not going to be able to, as much as, you know, you think you're Superman, you have to get up in the morning. I was going to the gym still every morning, Mm. go to work, come back, study for four hours, lead the investigation through the night, fight in the courts in the UK. It just wasn't sustainable. Mm nobody can do it something's going to break yeah Mm. and i thought i've got to look after myself more Mm. and that's what i decided to do um but yeah i suppose leading in Mm. going forward around your question more people started sharing their stories with me because mine was across the media okay and when they were sharing these things things that i had no idea people sat next to me were going through yeah i had to do more yeah because that's something that happens all the time like i just remember being in, in 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 i spent 10 years i guess in employment where you'd find out something about someone that you had no idea. And you'd be like, but how come you've never said that before? Yeah. And why do you think people don't open up, or don't share what's going on for them in the workplace? The key reason I hear is they see it as a weakness, and I hate that word mm. because, God, it's an absolute strength. Um, you know, it's, they, yeah, one, they see it as mm. a weakness. Mm. It's going to hinder their promotion yes. because they're seen as weak. I'm not going to get to the next stage mm-hmm. because if I show I can't handle this stuff, how am I going to handle the increased workload? Mm-hmm. That's the classic one. Mm-hmm. Um, two, some people don't like to burden other people. Mm-hmm. You know, they feel like, oh, I don't want to share this with someone. I don't want to put it on mm-hmm. them. I was doing work recently with, with, with Esther Ranson mm-hmm. around Childline and Silverline, and she was saying that's the key thing. Well, elderly people, and I think it's not just the elderly, I think it's in work as well, mm. why people don't share, because mm. she says the two Bs, one, because people are busy, and two, because they don't want to be a burden. Mm. And, you know, so I think true. it's the same in the workplace. People are so busy, don't want to share, I've got to crack on with the next thing. Mm. And they don't want to burden other people. I say a problem shared is a problem halved. So, yeah. If I didn't have Izzy or Jason or others for that matter, don't know whether I'd be here today. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because you, you open, openly talk about your story and, and with mm. strength and courage. And my assumption, and this is an assumption, that it wasn't always that easy. Mm. And, and what helped you along the way, and I think this is specifically very helpful, people listening, going through grief, going through some trauma, going through something. They may be at the beginning of the journey, and they might be seeing you and, and being able to talk about it. What helped you along the way to kind of open up and share a little bit more about what was going on for you? I think the key thing for me, I had to look after myself. Before we get into how I shared the story and why yeah. I decided to, I had to look after me. And mm. what I mean by that, I put loads of tips in place, tips that I share today of like, whether that's meditation, which we'll get mm. on to, yeah. going to the gym, boxing to release your anger, tracking mm. my emotions. Um, I started focusing on me and being a bit selfish with my time and mm. thinking, I'm going to make me happy. Mm. I knew that there was a void losing dad that I'm never going to fill. Mm. But if I can start to try and fill it with little things that make me happy, that things mm. that give me that joy, yeah. you know, that real happy feeling. Yeah. Um, and once I started doing that, 
it kind of made me, I suppose, want to open up a little bit more because I was happy I could take the other emotion. And equally, I was seeing other people reaching out to me. And I've always been somebody who I'm never going to sit on the fence. If, if there's a problem, it's probably, you know, caused me issues. You know, if I'm in the street and somebody's, mm. I, I will stick up for the right person. Mm. You know, even if it gets me in trouble or whatever. I've been mm. like that since school. And when I'm hearing other people going through issues in the workplace or being mistreated by bosses because of who they are, mm. I'm not going to have it. Mm. Like, fire me. Like, honestly, I'll mm. stand up for what I believe in. And I thought that, hang on, somebody said to me, Gian, you're really like, courageous in that respect. And I was like, am I? Right? Mm. I just thought it's the norm. It's you the right thing up. to do. Yeah, it's the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah. And I thought, screw it. I'm going to do as much as I can. If I can share what I'm going through mm. and help somebody else, mm. damn, I'll do it if I can help one person. Mm. Um, but the first time I really shared it publicly um, was actually at a PwC alumni event. They invited me to open it for 10 minutes. Mm. And they coached me. They helped me. Was this in 2018? No. It was in... Oh, God. Because I saw mind. a video. I don't know if that's the video I saw. Yeah, it's it's not the video I saw where it's like a, you can actually watch 360 around the Yeah, yeah, the room. that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's, it. that's interesting. Yeah, okay. It's one of the first times I spoke out that wasn't with the media. Okay. Which is a bit different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I was like quite shocked by the reaction. Mm. I thought, well, what the hell? Mm. <laughs> I thought, and people were like, can you the share The world didn't implode. People were actually yeah. going, wow, thank you for sharing. And yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. And there was a key moment that I'll talk about, which yeah. is with Business Insider. Yeah, please. It's an amazing lady. Just, you know, it's, I met this lady for coffee, Ali, amazing lady, and she's a journalist, and we just met for coffee to chat. And she said, can I record this? I'll do what you want. You know, I've dealt with my fair share of journalists. <laughs> Ali is not like them. Yeah. Um, and we started chatting, anything. Anyway, after an hour, we went away, didn't hear from her for a few months. July 2018 mm. came around. I was in... Spain I remember it was my mum and she just messaged me and said hey I'm putting this out tomorrow um I've written it and I've learned with journalists I said look can I edit this can yeah, I read can it have, before it goes look. out yeah. yeah she did she sent it and cool put it out there next morning I'll never forget I just woke up like flooded with messages emails my three of my advisory board have come because of that article from Harvard MIT EY it's been amazing so many new clients so many new lions all because of that one article and mm. that little coffee that we had. Mm. And I'm so grateful mm. to her. I spoke to her yesterday for the reach that that had. Yeah. So I, you know, I feel very fortunate that yeah. that happened. So uh, what, one of the things that, and I think what, you, what you're speaking just to underline what you just said, is that there's sometimes moments happen where things coincide and just propel a story that needs to be heard. And when that message is heard, when that story is heard, then it can impact others and it obviously can help you on your mission. Did the idea for the un, I don't, I don't, I don't unwind wanna, experience, unwind experience, thank you very much, when you went over to New York, and I read somewhere that you said it was a mix between a monastery, Burning Man, and something else. Yeah, Ali wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> is that, was, that, was that Ali's article? Okay. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, and, and was that, so that was before TLC came, came as an idea, or was that after? Like, just in terms of the timeline, yeah, trying to get sure. the timeline right. So, the kind of timeline is that yeah. I left PwC in yeah. 2017, okay. didn't know what the hell I was going to do. I just knew that they were awesome, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. Whatever mission I was on, whatever purpose I had, I it had to be elsewhere. So, I left, I joined the New Entrepreneurs Foundation, who are amazing. It's an, I think, sorry, so I think yeah. I just had a guest who was one of the, Charlotte Pierce. Yeah, 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 from Impact. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Was she on that? Yes, yeah, she was. She yeah, was because she talked about it. Uh, right, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 exactly. She was the last last episode of season thirteen. She talked about yeah. being part of that. That's amazing. That's yeah, so funny that you both went there. Okay, that makes sense because you've got both incredible energies and great great <laughs> businesses. Yeah. Um. So I joined there. I was going to join straight after uni, but in the end, I went to PwC. And then I remember one day thinking, "What the hell am I going to do?" Went to a coffee shop, still working at PwC, mm -hmm. scrolling through, and then I went onto their website. And it was like, applications open tonight. And I was like, it's happening. <laughs> so I applied, yeah. went for you with a big story, got onto yeah. there, um, finally met my tribe, you know, like-minded people yeah. who want to make a change mm -hmm. and have different skill sets to me. You know, met my lawyer on there, Simon, amazing guy. And more than that, in the first ever session there, they said something, I don't even know if they know this, mm. that really impacted me. Mm. They said, you know, that you're 45 or whatever people in the room right now. You've all got different ideas, backgrounds, knowledge, experiences. You're going to go into fashion, tech, whatever it is, but you need to get known in the space that you go into, mm. right? And we recommend that you do a blog, a vlog, a podcast, mm -hmm. interview people within that space mm -hmm. about a bit of a niche. 
And honestly, Mark, I thought, what the hell would I do? I've got no idea. I didn't grow up with a burning passion for yeah. kind of cars or tech sure. or anything, just me. Then I realized the final thing they said was the best podcasts or whatever come from personal experiences. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, hang on, I've got a bit of that, but nobody in the room knows anything about me, mm. right? Nobody. And I thought, well, hang on, imagine if I created a podcast at the time where I could interview businessmen and women who'd been through adversity. I don't know what happened, how they turn it mm. around and how they achieve professional personal mm-hmm. success. Mm-hmm. So that night I went home, I came up with a list of five, I called a partner, Sally, from uh, PwC late at night, and I said, yeah. will you be on my podcast? And yeah. they were like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> and Did you have a title? Uh, so it was called Lions, because that's oh. mine and my dad's middle name. Okay. Right? That's all I knew, right? Mm. Um, and then, yeah, we kind of came up with that. A week later, a report came out from Deloitte around mental health in yeah. the workplace, yeah. you know, coming out of the costs of mental health billions exactly Mm -hmm. and then i elizabeth one of the authors i found the author messaged her on linkedin two days later we met in leon for a coffee and we chatted about this uh leon no 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 i imagine (laughs) just popping over i had no money (laughs) i I could just about afford leon no 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 i I was probably on water at that point yeah Um, yeah yeah uh, i met her and then a few other people said look you need to make this bigger Mm. So in short, that's how TLC Lions was born. And mm. I got my first people created as Lions. Mm. So the timeline is I launched that. And so the idea, because yeah. did you go to the idea of I'm going to share, I'm going to get people who've got incredible stories, who've overcome some form of adversity or who've learned some life lessons that they can inspire emotion in the workplace. And I'm going to help them position them before you ever thought that I'm going to go in and speak as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The plan was never, ever. <laughs> ever for me to speak yeah and i was never on the website i was hidden i was behind it all Mm. and people were saying i remember Anne foster from sony sony pictures i went in to see her about some of the lines Mm. coming in and she turned around she's like sorry forget them i want you to speak and i cried Mm. i literally i was like what are you talking about Mm. like Mm. what i'd never spoken before like that Mm. and and I was like, no. And then Izzy from PwC was like, Yan, you need to be the first lion. You need to step up, mm. show what it's about, how you do this. I was like, oh, Christ, it's all coming together. Business insider flies out. I was like, shit. Mm. <laughs> like, wow. And then it was almost, I don't want to say forced to do yeah, it. Yeah, I get that. I'm pleased I Well, it's, it. it's calling forth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, you were, call, yeah. you were called forth to step up and yeah. to actually do what the world was seeing, what was needed, but you probably felt terrified. Well, I'm actually interested. What, was, what were the feelings going through your head or through your body? I guess it's, it's, not, it's not nerves or anything, so yeah. I'll happily get up and speak. Yeah. It's, it's more that I'm just me. Yeah. Like, I still get this today. Me and Johnny Benjamin speak about, like, you know, imposter syndrome, yeah. if you want to put a word on yeah. it. But it's just like, it's just me. Mm. Like, why do you want to listen to me? Yeah. Because when I host panel events quite a lot, I'm all, the first thing I say is, by the way, I'm sorry, I didn't say that there's nothing special about us. Anybody could come here and everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was just like, wow, I look at other people. I'm like, you've got an amazing story. Mm. Wow. And I, I guess I wasn't looking at myself. Yeah. Um, Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. And do you, are you still battling with that? Or do you, do you, are, you still, are you starting to own the fact that your story does serve, your story does matter because it helps others heal in some way and it's not just about you, but it's for others? Are you, are you on that journey? Yeah, I guess... I am because like last week, mm. this whenever it was in Madrid, the PwC 400 graduates, and there were just the stories that I heard afterwards, and somebody saying, "Look, I'm going to get involved in a suicide prevention mm. charity in the Middle East now because of mm. that." Mm. And I was like, "Forget the other 399 graduates. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah, if I could do that." Yeah, yeah. And since then, you know, I'm not going to name names here, but mm. yesterday I was with a guy who's going to a top law firm mm. who's homeless whilst being at Oxford University doing law. Wow. And. This guy is incredible. You know, I'm just, the people I'm meeting in audiences, you know, I've met another girl who's, sadly her father was murdered in Venezuela. Mm. You know, I've met most recently the world's first runway model in a wheelchair from the Ukraine, mm. 9-11 survivors. I'm like, this makes mm. it so fulfilling. So if it takes me to get up on stage mm. to meet these incredible people, I'll do mm. what I've got to do. And what <laughs> moves you about those stories, about those people you meet? I guess one thing I really empathize with them, mm. you know, so it's when I'm hearing a story of being around 9-11, you know, I'm like, I'm picturing it, I'm feeling it, or being the world's first runway model in a wheelchair, when they're telling me they're going on the runway and everybody's towering above them at six foot, 
mm. looking down sometimes. Mm. You know, that feeling. And yesterday, imagine, just imagine being at Oxford University and come to June and then you've got no home mm. and no parents. Mm. This guy's a huge inspiration and I mm. tell him all the time. And I guess, yeah, it, it comes back to my point. You don't know who you're around every day mm. and I can learn from everybody. Mm. Um, I find it fascinating. Yeah. Isn't really it just? Really. Why do you think I do this? Why do you think no, I talk to people like you? No. You know, I, I do this for absolute selfish reasons. It's just mm. the fact that we get to share this with people. But I sit in front of people and I get to hear their hearts, to hear their, their souls, bear their stories. And then I'm always inspired in some way, shape or form. And, and I know that we're coming towards the end of the interview. This has gone by so fast. <laughs> <No>. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to spend a little bit of time focusing on, on, on TLC, especially about the incredible work that you're doing. Um, so effectively now, how many lines do you have in your... In your we have 25. 25 lines, yeah. We've 25 interviewed lines. 165 people now. People who wanted to kind of join the line. Yeah, right? which I'm so like, humbled, yeah, with, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Like, it's amazing, and everybody has a story. Yeah, but it's I, just about finding the right people. I get that. And so then you help them. Do you get them through a bit of coaching? Do you help them a little bit get their stories kind of, not packaged like the word I'm looking for, but how can we yeah. have the maximum impact by actually shaping yeah. the story to serve best? And then, and then you go out and you find clients i guess or partners companies who you feel like hey you've got some employees and this could spark something inside of them and i heard you say something about it also helps with resiliency wasn't there something like maybe hearing stories can actually help them resiliency yeah and then how, so how do you about go about finding the people you want to work with like companies do you kind of yeah. cold call them do you email them do you go to networking uh, events so go back to your first question then how do we coach them and yeah. all this they come on board with their story. Mm -hmm. I can't do this without shouting out my non-exec, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Kamel Hoti, amazing lady, 40 years at Lloyds Banking Group, an advisor to the Queen on her Commonwealth Trust Fund. That's where we're going next, actually. Yeah. Amazing woman. And what she does is she coaches all of our lions. Mm. To, she understands their messages very deeply, their stories. Mm -hmm. She also understands our clients. Mm. So if, for example, it's around leadership or it's around gender or ethnicity, mm. she will then sit with Johnny, sit with Kiko, mm -hmm and say, actually, take that bit out, dial up around this Johnny, you know, around the LGBT Got angle, it. take out the Jewish background, not take it out, but yeah, I get that. tone it down. It's, it's about, it's about where, where, so let's say you had six different angles you could mm. focus on, six different, six different touch points that could impact someone. We really want to hone in onto this one, exactly. because actually that would dilute the rest of the message. doesn't mean it's irrelevant, right. it just means that this would make it more powerful. That's it, I and also that. coaching on the delivery, you know, hours around emotional engagement, landing mm. messages that are relevant to a corporate audience. What does this mean when I go back to my desk? Yes. Right. How yes. do we make, what are the practical tips? So Kamel, I hope that other lines would speak on behalf mm. as well. It's been phenomenal in doing that. And mm. we couldn't do it without her. Mm. With our clients, um, it's just been a mad journey. We support over 90 companies now, which mm. I'm just so grateful for. How do they come on board? One, I'm so proud of referrals. So mm. thanks to our clients who say you've got to work with them. Mm -hmm. You've got to work with them. Mm -hmm. um, friends, you know, recently Instagram comes yeah. a lot, LinkedIn. You know, I put a video up when i was in chicago last month yeah just about what we were doing out there with hyatt yeah. and then hsbc reached out and i was so grateful for that around yeah. what we're doing meditation and linkedin is huge for us yeah um i'm so grateful for people who follow on there and yeah. interact and engage um and yeah i don't want to be one of those people yeah. like everything comes inbound because it's not <laughs> about that you know you, you focus on creating the right messaging and content yeah. there but i'm really proud that a lot does come in and word of mouth mm. because we care and if we don't deliver quality that makes a mm. difference tell me yeah because it's and not okay have there been clients without naming them but have there been people that wanted to work with you be like you're not good for, you're not a right fit it's not going to work or you want to do it for the right reasons have you ever had to turn down business or yeah 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 um without naming them for yeah. yeah for mostly because two because i didn't like their tone yeah if we're talking about mental health and well-being yeah. and you're causing anxiety for my team this isn't a good relationship. Right. Yeah. It doesn't happen it. often. Yeah. It doesn't happen often. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I, I want to work with clients who really care about this. It's okay. not a tick box exercise. Mm. Um, and if we're not feeling it, then it's hard. Yeah. It, it really, really is difficult. Um, and then, yeah, others yeah. just have to be careful of certain industries. So, so you're yeah. building a team now. Yeah. You've got a bit of a team. Like, I mean, I, I, you know, so how is that? Because that's a very different journey from you know and i'm speaking from my own experience as well from going just yourself getting this message suddenly you're starting to manage people you're starting to have to like make sure that they're okay you know yeah. this kind of stuff like how's that journey been for you it's been it's different of course yeah. managing people and getting the right people mm. uh, everyone has a story our team yeah. has a story yeah. um you know just to share here we had our summer intern ben mm. you know ben's brother um 
you know, died by suicide, mm. age of 15, mm. you know, last year. Sean's twin brother is transitioning, mm. you know, mm. into a female at the moment. It's like, it's just amazing. It's finding the right people who care about our similar values. Mm. You know, the work mm. ethic will come with it and we'll assess mm. that in an interview, but it's, they all care about what we're doing, which is opening up in the workplace, yeah. giving a shit about each other, yeah. caring. Um, and yeah, we're a close-knit team. Yeah. I'm proud that we can hopefully have a huge impact with actually, I don't need a huge team of 40. Mm. Uh, we're quite a close-knit team yeah. of five. I get that. Yeah. I get that. So there's, um, there's something that I make up that you, you might agree with, and I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. And that's the fact that people sometimes listen to these kind of conversations. They go, well, I haven't lost a member of my family. I, I haven't got any family transitioning to a different mm-hmm. sex or gender. Um, do I still have a story that matters? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I really want to say that, yes, like mm-hmm. it's not about how dramatic or how painful or how big. It's every story is different, right? Yep. Is, that, is that something that you'd kind of agree with or you, you want to add anything on that? Absolutely. Yeah. You can never compare two stories. Everybody mm-hmm. has one. You might think I don't have one. You do, is the sh- in short of it. And uh, I think pain, everything is different for different people. My story might sound unique, extreme. I suppose it is mm. to some people. I can sit with other people and it's normalized. Mm. It's, it's not about these extreme stories. It's how do I translate that to day-to-day for everybody? Mm. And not only that, but on your point, how do you realize what your story is and how do you share it should you want to, mm. right? So next year, we've recognized this. So we're launching our new storytelling masterclass mm. that's going to be online. Oh, yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. That. yeah. yeah, Online and offline because it's a 90-minute session where it's going to help people. Kamel mm. will be leading on this with me. Mm. Um, actually pulling out your story yeah. in a way. And actually, there's always something that you've never told anybody. Yeah. Everybody's got something. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And how do we help people bring that out? And know how to share it should they ever want to. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the things I used to do are people who wanted to sort of position themselves as thought leaders or wanted to become speakers or, or experts in, in their field. And they'd spend a day with me and I'd unpack their story over a mm. day. And what was amazing, every single time, every single time, we'd come upon a place and be like, no, no, but that's, I don't really talk about this, but it's, and you'd go, oh my God, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, um, it's happened twice with friends and people I know, like Tom. Tom Boone, shout out Tom Boone. He was going to go and give a TEDx talk. We were chatting and he was basically coming up with like these general topics around oh, motivation and do the work you should be doing and all this stuff. And, you know, exploring the story, suddenly start sharing that he witnessed his brother try to take his life twice when he was a kid and how that traumatized him and how that he probably, had, well, he didn't know it then, but probably had PTSD as a result of it. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of like, I'd already talked about, I was like, that, yeah. that's the talk. And he went on to TEDx East End, one of the biggest TEDx events in yeah. the UK. To share the story about um, about his brother. Same thing with Steph Slack, a friend who also came on Impact Accelerator. She was talking about how she wanted to do CSR for legal firms, and that's great and it's needed, but she didn't feel like that. It was there wasn't that fire that I could feel, and and then she talked about how her uncle took his life and how that really shaped her and how that really shook her. But she felt like she wasn't a man. She wasn't suited to talk about suicide. She wasn't an expert. So who was she to talk about that? And again, fast forward, she gave a TEDx talk at Folkestone about yeah. why we need to talk about male suicide. And so for everyone hearing, I can guarantee you, you talked about it earlier, imposter syndrome, everybody feels that the story doesn't matter. Mm. Everyone's story. So I love that you're doing a masterclass on helping people unpack the stories. It's so, so yeah. needed. I can't wait for that. I'm uh, okay. Well, before I ask you my last question, <laughs> I want to acknowledge you and say, uh, first of all, thank you for coming on the show and thank sharing you. your story so open-heartedly. It really means a lot. And I know that people listening to this will, will be thanking you from, from afar. Um, thank you also for turning your pain and a painful event into a truly purposeful mm. mission, really. And, and through empowering other people to share their stories with others, you also selfishly fulfill my mission, which is to help people feel mm-hmm. seen, heard, and loved, right? Nice. And, and if people can feel like that in the workplace, then maybe we'd have people less in pain. And so you're helping that. So thank you for doing that. And beyond of all your team and everybody that you're helping, thank you. Um, Final questions I ask all my guests. Uh, what's one thing most people don't know about you? <laughs> Teaches you not to listen to episodes before you come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> really? Does everybody get that question? Yeah, everyone. <laughs> Ooh. What, uh, what was the question again? What's, what's one, one thing, thing that most people don't know about you? Um, Who might be surprised to know about you? Or... Uh, there's nothing... I'm trying to think is there anything specific here. I'm just... 
God, you really hit me on the spot. <laughs> Bloody hell. Let me, let me uh, just, like, just, just to get you. Yeah, so some people yeah. will say like, oh, some people will say something big or reveal, but some people will say, oh, I used to be like a, a synchronized swimmer you know, when I was 15. Right, okay, or okay, okay. Whatever, something that you know. That okay, you... there's nothing like yeah. awesome and interesting yeah. like that. I guess there's one thing about me that I don't have fear and I'm trying to work on that to find out what gives me fear. I've jumped off buildings, I've jumped out of planes, I've bungeed, I've done whatever. I'm trying to push myself outside my comfort zone. Yeah. And I... I don't know. I'm just yeah. trying to. It's not that interesting, but I'm like, if anybody's got any ideas, have you, of... have you, have you scanned your amygdala? What? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> have you done a brain scan to look at the size no. of your amygdala? No. Yeah. So look look, look into that. If you want, to, if like that's. Just, I mean, not... touch wood that happens out of choice and out of necessity. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's out of choice. There's um. Have you seen the documentary uh, Free Solo? No. I'm bad uh, watching TV. Don't watch any TV. You don't watch any no, TV. Well, there you go. Bad. That might be something that people don't yeah, know about you. Yeah. Don't, but if you do watch, if you do watch um free solo yeah uh you'll understand why i'm telling you this because okay. basically this here's a guy alex hammond i think his name is he free solo climbs so that means no equipment no parachute nothing like like yeah. this yeah yeah okay just with clothes and he climbed um el capitan in yosemite which mm. is an incredible like facade of granite it's just epic most people climb it in like hours when they've got ropes and it can take them two days sometimes. He climbed it free solo. I think, I want to say four and a half hours, I could be cut totally off. But the reason why I'm saying this is that mm. doing this documentary, they take him to, to understand why is he not, does he not feel the same fear as everybody else? And they looked at his amygdala, which is, uh, I think it's a nuclei in, in the part of our brain that controls our emotions, mm. our feelings. And it was just a completely different size than normal people. And so that was enabled him to feel less fear. So interesting. Because, yeah, I jumped off the stratosphere in Vegas two weeks ago, whatever. It was cool. I was just like, they were like, how are you? I'm like, so chill. <laughs> jump. <laughs> jump. <laughs> on the floor. I was like, this is not normal. Yeah. So nothing scares you? Um, well, like, sharing your story at first scared you. Or is that not even... No, again, it's no. not that. It's more like you feel that it's the imposter syndrome. Okay. I don't know whether it's going to have an impact. Yeah, yeah. It scares me. I'm just... That's so interesting. Yeah, so any ideas, I'm always yeah, welcoming cool, them. Cool. Uh, okay, try that out. Yeah, 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 and I'm so, always ready. So um, what does being unconventionalist mean to you? I think for me it's just, just being you, which is part of what we do. Don't follow what everybody else does. Don't be a robot. Don't mm. conform to what you think you should be. Mm-hmm. Be unconventional. Be you. Be weird. Mm. You know, uh, just that's all it means to me is you i don't want to get all cringy here but you're born here as you mm. not to be like somebody else and yeah. if you feel something say it if you're going to stand up for something do it mm. if you've got a purpose fulfill it just mm. don't do what you think is should yeah. be done by you just be you say what you think and just go out there if somebody thinks you're weird then screw them <laughs> the people who want to support you in all your yeah. weirdness yeah. are your friends and yeah. they're with me all the way so just be unconventional and if they don't support you, you'll find people that do. Cool, I love that. Yeah. Uh, final question is, where do you hang out most online? Where can people get in touch if they want to find out more about you, about your story, about how they can get a lion and where should they go? So about lions, I suppose it's mm. tlclions.com. Yeah. Check us out and read about our incredible lions. They're mm. awesome. Uh, for me, I'm at Gian Power mm. on LinkedIn forward slash and on Instagram. Yeah. I try to share as much as I can around like well-being tips to help people all cool. the research we learn. So yeah. And, and and is the is the unwind that the kind of meditation still going on? Is that the business still yeah, going? Yeah, so we didn't just, talk about that, but if they yeah. if people want to find out where can where can they go? Yeah, the unwindexperience.com. Yeah. It's rolling out with Hyatt who are amazing around the yeah. world at the moment. Oh, so, that's cool. Congratulations. Yeah, no, I love, great partnership. love working with them. So yeah, yeah check it out. All right. About meditation. Yeah, and thank you so much. That was thank an you absolute so honor, much. mate. Thank really, you, mate. really love that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. It was a powerful one for sure. You know, I feel moved and I feel inspired and I feel what Gian really shared with us today, if anything, is that you just never know how sharing your story can help or serve someone else. If you're sitting there thinking that you've got no story to share and it doesn't matter in any kind of way, I challenge you to reconsider and rethink. You can go and check out the online masterclass on how to unpack your story, which I have no doubt is going to be an incredible program. And if you enjoyed today's conversation or you're inspired or moved in any kind of way, let us know by leaving a comment underneath this YouTube video. Or if you're listening over on iTunes, please leave a rating and review. And as always, if you do one thing, do this. Share it with one person who you think needs to listen or see this conversation. As always, I appreciate you. Thank you. And make sure to tune in for next week's powerful conversation. I'll see you then. Today's episode is brought to you by Vivo Life. 
Now, we all know the critical importance of protein to sustain a healthy diet. And I'd love to sit here and tell you that we should all get that from whole foods. But the truth is, you know, like me, you might be living a busy lifestyle and I'm often running from meeting to meeting. And I was looking for the perfect protein powder that could help me sustain my energy throughout the day and also recover after my workouts. Problem is, most proteins out there are filled with sweeteners, artificial flavoring and ingredients. And, and because they're made from mostly dairy products, tend to not really agree with my digestive system. So that's why in 2014, I started exploring and experimenting with plant-based proteins. But the truth is back then, the taste, the texture, the smell was just a little nasty. And so I just put up with it because I was looking for a plant-based protein that was good for your health, backed by science, and didn't do too much harm to the planet. But in 2017, something changed. I actually came across VivoLife. VivoLife make 100% natural health supplement and products that deliver straight to your door via carbon neutral delivery. Now, let me tell you, I was blown away. Not only did the protein taste great, it also looked amazing, it mixed well, but beyond that, it was by far the healthiest protein on the market that I could find. The reason being is that in every serving you get 25 grams of plant-based protein and it's not just any protein, it's fermented protein which is amazing for digestions. On top of that you get 6 grams of Brands Chain Amino Acid in each serving and you also get some turmeric extract which is phenomenal for anti-inflammatory proprieties which helps me speed up my recovery. Now what I usually do after a workout is I'll use uh, so Madagascan vanilla or the salted maca caramel, those are my two favorite flavors. I'll throw in a banana, maybe some dark leafy greens, uh, some almond milk, some water, maybe some flax seeds, shake it all up and it tastes amazing. So if you're looking for a healthy, natural plant-based protein that's gonna get your results, tastes amazing and does good for the planet, then head over to vivolife.co.uk and use the discount code MARK when you check out to get 10% off your first order. And remember, every purchase you make using the discount code helps support the Unconventionalist podcast. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for keeping the lights on in the studio. Hey gang, I wanted to remind you that if you want to launch your podcast and you don't want to spend years and a ton of money trying to figure out how and make mistakes along the way, then head over to theunconventionalist.com Click on online courses and make sure to enter the code podcast tribe to get 20% off my brand new online video program that's called how to launch a successful podcast from scratch. I've poured everything I know into that, my love, my heart, my knowledge and my know-how for you. You can literally take that course from the comfort of your own home and launch a world-class podcast within days. So stop waiting, stop wasting time. Head over to theunconventionalist.com and get your ticket to my online video program now. I'll see you in there.